Today we're going to discover what God's word has to say specifically about our old lives being dead and his new spirit coming in us. So your Bibles are open to Romans 8. Let me just say this as we, uh, as we dive into this because many of you are new to church and that's great. You're, we're awesome and excited to have you. So I just want to give background on what's going on here in Romans 8. Romans is a New Testament book of the Bible. Paul, the, the man... The man himself, the, the one of the, the greatest legends of the faith, wrote this book. This book was to the church in Rome. He wrote this not being there because he was so passionate about the people in Rome. He knew that there was many Jews as well as, more importantly, he says, Gentiles that were living in Rome that had heard the message of Jesus, that had heard about it, but now had started to go in a different direction. And Paul, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this. I encourage you to read it, check it out, check out the book. It's powerful. But Paul says, hey, listen, I need to write you a letter to encourage you, to show you truth, to tell you who God is, to change where you're going because the Spirit of God wants to do something new and something powerful in you. This word and this message that was written thousands of years ago still hits me today. It still changes me today. As I've read this message, as I've been dwelling on this message, this scripture that I'm about to read has hit me personally very hard. It is, it is not in a way of like, oh, a gut punch. It's almost like a way of like, man, God, your spirit's doing a work in me, and I'm thankful for it. Anybody thankful for when God does a work in your heart, in your mind? Three of us, praise God. I said, is anybody thankful for God when he does a work in your heart and in your mind through his word? This is not a quiet church. You can say amen to this church. I just want to say this. You need, we need, I need to learn the art of praising God a little bit more. His word, the time of worship, who he is. Like I said, guys, we all deserve one thing. You know what it is? It's called death. (laughs) Thank God that he is good. Thank God that he is full of love. Thank God that he's given us his spirit to live inside of us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. And so we have the power. We have the strength. We have the glory to walk in. I don't know what I got to do to get you awake this morning. The coffee's out, but the spirit of God is in this room. So you can say amen. You can put your hands together for God because he's good. He's worthy. And Paul's saying, hey, listen, there's some good news here. There is life through the Spirit. So Romans 8, verse 9, it says this. The big Bible is going to be on the screen. You, talking to us, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, Then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Paul's writing to the church. Paul's writing to believers. Paul's writing to us saying, listen, people, my family, my brothers, my sisters, if you have received Christ, if you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you have done that, that's who he's talking to. No longer, no longer are you controlled by the fleshly desires. No longer longer are you controlled by the things of this world. You have been paid for. You have been bought. You have a brand new start. 
at life. You know, it's fascinating to me as, as I've grown up. My, my father is a, a, a construction worker as well as a pastor, close to what Jesus did. Bad joke, really bad joke. But I was always amazed at how talented my father was in constructing homes and constructing big infrastructures and, and doing some amazing things with his hands. It's amazing. And, and I was talking with him this week about what we're experiencing, what we're going towards, what we're doing today. And, I, and, and the image that came to me is this. As I think about what it means to, to allow our old life to be dead and our new life to come. I, I remember seeing it on TV, and so I had to call him and say, Dad, is this real? Does this really happen? You know, have you ever seen a home that is built on a foundation get picked up off of the foundation? Anybody ever seen this? Me. Awesome. I'm going to tell you about it. It's amazing. And they move it on a truck, on, on multiple trucks. They pick up a house. <laughs> Imagine your house being picked up off the foundation, moved to another subdivision, another state across the country, and put on a new foundation. It happens. It's really amazing. YouTube it. Check it out. It's incredible. I love it. My brain would never be able to figure that out. However, there are people that do that all the time. But you know what's fascinating to me about that? People are taking their old homes and putting them on new foundations. See, I'm not downplaying it because there are people that do that financially. That makes sense. That's the best option. But I heard a guy tell this story. He said, hey, listen, I didn't want to take the time. I didn't want to take the energy. I didn't want to put the resources into building a new home. So I'm just going to take my old home that's pretty old and put it on a brand new foundation. Now I sat there and said, brother man. He said money wasn't a big deal to him. He said it wasn't financially the issue. He said, I just don't feel like putting in the work of waiting for a new home. He said, so I'll take my old home and put it on a New foundation. You with me? Jesus showed up to earth. He died. Thank goodness for that. For us. He raised to life again three days later. And then before he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm going to leave you with something better than me. Jesus, you're Jesus. You've done miracles. You've done signs. You've done wonders. I don't need anything better than you. He said, oh, no, you do. I promise you. Because when I leave, you need something to keep you close to me while you walk through this earth. You need the spirit of God. And so he said, I'm going to give my spirit of God to my people. I'm going to pour it out on my people. But we as believers are trying to do this. We're trying to take our old homes, my life, prior to Jesus, and I'm trying to put it on a new foundation. And Jesus says, uh-uh, I'm giving you a new foundation and I'm giving you a new home. I'm not putting your old life on the foundation that my cross paid for. I'm giving you a brand new life, a brand new home, and a brand new foundation. Anybody thankful that Jesus does that for us? He doesn't say, hey, listen, that old home that you had, that, that, that things that you were doing, the sin and the shame and the guilt and all that stuff that's in you, keep that in you and come put your new home on my foundation. He says, no, I'm bulldozing that home over. I'm taking that home, I'm putting some dynamite in saying, good luck, home. I just want to do that so bad one day. I just want to blow up a house. If that ever happens, I didn't do it. I think far too long, we as believers are still living in the old home. I think as believers, we can't get over the fact that Jesus died for us, 
Jesus raised to life for us. He took the keys of death and hell for us. He defeated Satan. And he says, my children, come home to me and take your new home and your new foundation and start living in my spirit. He's raised us to life. He's the resurrecting king. He's not the halfway resurrected king. He's the fully raised up, left the grave clothes, walking back king. And he's walking towards you. And his spirit has been left to us as a gift to say no longer, no longer the old home, the new home, the new foundations. No longer the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Oh man, if I only did this. That's me sometimes. Your pastor telling you all, pray for me. Oh man, if I, if I could have just done this better, if I, if I could have just acted this way a little bit differently, if I didn't say what I said to my wife that way, oh, if I shouldn't have said what, or did what I did to that person that way. We live as people in the what ifs, the should have, could have, man, I have failed. We live in guilt. We live in shame. We live in the things that Jesus came to destroy in our lives and to say, my child, you're not perfect. You need me. You need to come before me daily. You need to get at my feet daily. You need to repent daily for the things you've done. And guess what? I'm going to put you in a brand new home, in a brand new house. No matter what this world says about you, no matter what this world has labeled you as, no matter what, you are my child, and I am for you and not against you. Church, I, this is amazing news. Huh, like, you all are like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's good. Give me some more. <laughs> like, like, if I just ended this message right now, I would be floored to walk out into the streets of the city to say, hey, world, let me tell you something. He blew up my old life. He took my old life, and he put it to the grave, and he said, hey, guess what? I have a brand new start, a brand new beginning. I don't care what I've done. I don't care what I've been. It doesn't matter. That's not me anymore. I'm a brand new child, so guess what? I'm going to step into that brand new. I'm going to walk in that brand new. But guilt and shame keep us from it. And Paul writes, if any of you, if any of you have believed that Jesus is Lord, then you are no longer controlled by the things of this world. You are controlled by my spirit. That's the best news ever. That causes us to get up out of my seat, to lift my hands in worship, to praise God, because guess what? My old life is dead and gone in my new life. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Well, JP, I failed too many times. Man, some of you, I don't even know where you were last night, and I don't want to know. But guess what? You came back to the house of God. You showed up to the house of God. You want to know more of who God is, and he wants to show you who he is. It doesn't matter. His grace is sufficient. His grace is good. He's raised you from life. He's raised you from death to life. Those of us that have served God for a while, you know what's funny is oftentimes we live in the past of what God used to do. Man, back in 99, whew, 99 was the year. I don't know why 99, I don't even remember 99. But man, 99 was so good. (laughs) That revival service that we had, whoo, the way he moved, man, people were saved by the dozens and the thousands. Oh, man, God was good back in 99. 
What about today? Oh, man, you know, uh, I don't, uh. You know what happens? We forget. We forget that we've been raised from the dead to life. And so when we remember that, when our heart starts to hear that message, we don't worry about what God did. Was 99 good? Was it great? Did it build up his kingdom? Praise God. But is today, September 17, 2017, am I right on that date? Praise God. If that is the day that the Lord has made, then I'm going to rejoice in today because he's doing something great. I don't care if I've served God for 45 years or four minutes. Every single moment, every single minute with him is a new start, is a new mercy, it's a new grace. So all of y'all, including myself, that think about what God did, forget what he did in the sense of, hey, that was awesome. Remember what he did, but go towards what he's doing. He's raising us from death to life. When we are raised to life through Jesus, the spirit of God promises to live in us, sin will attack us, but God's spirit of righteousness will protect us, and God's spirit of life will come to us. Three things that I just want to hit on, is that all right? And we're going to go celebrate and have a big party up on the roof. Praise God, a Jesus party. Water, oranges, I don't even, we don't have any of that, I'm really sorry. just wish we did. Three things. First in this, the Spirit of God promises when we receive his Spirit, it promises to live in us. Verse 9 says this, it says, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit. Realm and Spirit, really scary words. Really, like what? Realm, Spirit, what are we talking about here? Basically, what is it saying? It's saying when you come to Christ, His spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes in you. It's received. When you receive Jesus, you receive his spirit. And when his spirit comes in you, you are now a part of him. And he has promised, through this scripture, through the writings of his word, he has promised what? To leave us? To forsake us? To say, you've done too many wrongs, I'm not for you anymore? No, it doesn't say any of that. If you've heard God that way, that's not the God I serve. God isn't pointing the finger at you, telling you all the wrong things he does. Does he convict? Oh, yes. Because he wants you closer to him. But he has promised to stay with us, to change us, to be with us, to be in us. Anybody thankful for that? I I mean, seriously, I wish we could just stop and just give God a little clap of praise for like 10 seconds. Because like, no, seriously, you can do a little better than that because I promise you. Sometimes we need to tell ourselves, our hearts and our minds, yo, Jay. His spirit is in you. You don't live by the flesh anymore. You don't live by the world anymore. The spirit of God that created the universe is inside of me. The God that created the universe. Think of the universe. Think of the stars. We were somewhere and we got to see stars that I've never seen before because we live in a city. (laughs) There's buildings. (laughs) And we sat there and I just walked and I was like, my God, how... Man, this is beauty. Mountains, this is beauty. This is your creation. You put all this together. And that same creator, that same being said, my spirit is going to be in you. So what does that say to you? Go live. (laughs) Go live. Stop living like you're dead. Start living like you've been raised to life by Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean freedom. 
That doesn't mean you get to go do whatever you want to do. There's parameters. There's a guideline. This is a playbook for our lives. This gives us what is right, what is wrong. But the freedom of the Spirit, the freedom of God says, go live. We were talking with the guy at, as we were away, and this guy was a legend from California, just an amazing man of God. He was reading a book. It caught my attention. I said, hey, man, that's a good book. And we started talking, sitting there, what turned out to be hours. My wife's like, we're on vacation. Why are you always talking to people? And as I was talking to him, he just kept telling me, he just kept saying, you know what? Like, God's done a wonder in my life. His spirit's in me. And he's like, I want to share my testimony with you. And he's like, actually, I want to share my 15 testimonies with you. I was like, oh, my goodness. Praise God, 15. Here we go. <laughs> but you know what it struck me as? It struck me as this. Every single day, he looks at his life as an adventure to do what God has called him to do. And every single day, his life is different from what it was a year ago. His life was different from what it was two years ago. His life was different from what it was 15 years ago. So he said something to me. He said, you know why I tell people I got 15 testimonies? Because I've been serving God for 15 years of my life. This dude was 60 years old. He said, I wish I would have known God earlier. I wish I would have been able to have the freedom that I have today earlier in my life. He said, I lived a reckless life, a hard life, a life that is crazy. He goes into the prisons in California, in Oakland, California. And he ministers to these young kids. And he says, I have a testimony every single year of what God's spirit is doing in my life. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in me. And I get to go live in freedom. I get to go live in life. I get to go live in abundance. Not lack, abundance. Because his grace is sufficient. So his spirit is promised to live in us. To be with us. To do life with us. His spirit in us takes the control from us. I knew it. God's a control freak. He's not. God's not interested in conforming us to, to fit a bunch of certain, like, robot models, right? He's interested in transforming you, changing you, making you who he's called you to be so that how he can use you is different from how he can use the next person because he needs to use you here on this earth. And when you get that image, when you get that understanding that his spirit's in you, his spirit wants to use you, his spirit wants to transform you, his spirit wants to give you life and life abundant, you step up and step out. You can't help but sit back. You get off the sidelines, you get in the game. Have you ever seen a kid that's on the bench? He's ridden the bench for a long time. He's just that kid, he's a bench warmer. And coach looks at him and said, yo, kid, you're in. He's like, what? What? I'm in? He's like, he runs out there without his helmet. He's like, yo, get your helmet, man. You're going to die. But he runs out to the game full of faith, full of excitement, full of joy, full of ready to get his head knocked off. But you know what he does? He runs in. He runs in. He doesn't sit back and say, oh, coach, I'm not ready. I'm not, uh, no. I got a lot of stuff I got to work on. You know, we didn't do those drills really well last week. I didn't, I didn't really nail those down. He's like, you, you want me in? I'm in. That's what the Spirit of God should be doing to us every single day. If it's not, he can do it today. He can change your heart today. He can change your outlook, your vision, your call today. Spirit's in you. Moving along. This is encouraging anybody. Number two is this. Attacks will come. But protection is promised. Anybody thankful that we have a God that fights our battles for us? Anybody thankful that we have a God that fights our battles? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you so much. This world is full of sin. We're sinful beings. We're drawn to sin. 
We're captivated by sin. Oh, we're supposed to be God's people. Yeah, guess what, though? Paul says sin's going to come after you. Sin's going to come to your doorstep. Sin's going to be lingering around you because guess what? Satan's only thing that he wants to do is what? Make you happy, joyful, and excited. No! He says, I'm going to come kill you, I'm going to come steal from you, and I'm going to come destroy you. Sin's a real thing. Oh, you're a church that believes in this? Yes. It's the word of God. There's right, there's wrong, there's living in the flesh, and there's living in the spirit. And attacks will come. Sin will test you. Sin will sit at your doorstep. But the word of God in verse 10 says, I have protected you from it. When I give in you my spirit, my spirit is your protector. Well, what are you saying? You know, I, as a kid, I, I was afraid of thunderstorms. <laughs> Hated thunderstorms all the way till I was like 13. Pray for a brother. Hated thunderstorms. Hated them to death. Probably as much as I hate flying. Anyways, counseling session for me. I'm just letting it out. I remember, though, as thunderstorms would come, I would grab my pillow and my blanket, and I would run up to my parents' room. And I'd sit at their bed, at the edge of their bed, like, hey, can I come in there? The big old California king bed or whatever you call it. It's like, no, get out of here. What you doing, man? You're not coming to my bed. He's like, you can sleep at my feet. I was like, okay, that's cool with me. So I was, whatever, as long as I'm close, just hold my hand, Dad. <laughs> and I think about that when I see this, because sin's going to come. Sin's going to come like a storm. Sin's going to come as a raging wind. Sin's going to come as a thing that wants to get after you. But there's a God that says, hey, no, sit at my feet. Let me give you my spirit. Let me reach out my hand to protect you. Call upon the name of Jesus, and he will come and meet you. Call upon the name above every name, and he will come heal you. He will come restore you. He will come take you from grace to grace, from glory to glory. He will protect you from the things of this world. The problem, we push his protection aside. I'm man enough. I'm strong enough. I can fight this battle myself. You can't fight this battle yourself. You can't. Trust me, I tried many years. Oh, I'm, I'm, I got this. Me, I'm good. I'm strong, I'm mighty, I'm courageous. I can fight this sin. And guess where it left me? Empty, broken, forsaken. When I started to get a hold of God's word and his life and his spirit, I, th- I saw things that I battled five, six, ten years ago start to be no more. There are new battles every day, yes? New battles every single day. New temptations every single day. But the things that I used to struggle with, I don't struggle necessarily with anymore. I don't fight those battles anymore because God's spirit has been built up in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead wants to build your spirit up and build your spirit up and lift you up from death to life and say no longer do you have to fall prey to the attacks. No longer do you have to allow fear to come into you. No longer do you have to live the way you used to live. The spirit of God is your protection. It's the best news ever. God, I'm here. I failed. I'm broken. I messed up again. Please come. Change me. I need your spirit to protect me. I'm broken and lost without you. And you know when when that desperate cry happens? God's like, man, I'm coming for you, kid. I'm coming. Attacks will come. But his spirit has promised when we've been raised to life to protect us. The last thing is this, and Jordan and the band can come up. Is this encouraging you? It's encouraging me. Praise God. I'll just preach to myself. Kidding. Kind of. 
Third thing is this. When we are with Jesus, when we've been raised by Jesus, he will continue to raise us close to him. He will protect us. He's within us. He will protect us. And best news yet, he will raise us up to be close to him. He's going to raise us. Jesus is not in the business of leaving, we, leaving you where you should be. If you think God hasn't done a work in my life, maybe you should check your heart. Maybe you should check your time with Jesus. Because Jesus is never about leaving a person here forever. He's about taking a person to here and to here and to here and to here. He's not about leaving you where you were. He's about taking you to where you're going. He's about taking you and saying, I'm lifting you up. I'm going to protect you while I lift you. Because you know when you lift somebody, your arms are around them. So get that. He's protecting. You tracking with me? I just came up with this in my head. Praise God. The Spirit of God. He is protecting you. He is then lifting you up. And he's carrying you. Like, come on. You got a lot to do here. You got a lot of things to do here. I got to carry you. Come on, let's go. Let's go. You got work to do. You got people to reach. You got a city to change. You got a school to change. You got a business to change. Let's go. I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to carry you. I remember as a kid, too, my dad. It's not even Father's Day, and I'm talking a lot about my dad. I remember as a kid, and we're going to close here. I remember as a child and I was young, you know, I, I love my father. He's my hero. I remember those times when I would be downstairs and he would say, JP, come up here. One of two things was about to happen. <laughs> I was in a lot of trouble <laughs> or he wanted to talk with me. I was hoping the latter of the two. Nine out of ten times it was the first thing, praise God. But he would call me up and say, son, come up here. I want to talk with you. And I remember I would run up to him, and I was young, and I'd be like, Dad, what's up? And he would say, come sit on my lap. My dad's a big guy, strong guy. And he'd say, sit on my lap. And he'd put his arm around me. And he'd say, son, do you know who you are? Do you know what you've called to be? Do you know who you are in Jesus? Do you know the talents? Do you know the abilities? Do you know the gifting that you've been given? I would sit there, and I would just say, no, Dad, tell me. I need to hear from you. I'm young. I'm dumb. I need, I need you to tell me these things. And he would say, son, we're proud of you. Son, we're for you. Son, we're going to fight for you. Son, we're going to stand in prayer for you. Son, the things that you have been called to do, we're going to stand and support you. This was my earthly father sitting me on his lap, putting his arm around me, saying, I'm proud of you. He has raised me up onto his lap. And he would put me there. And he would tell me all the things that I should be, all the things that I was going to be. That's an earthly father. Some of you are like, I didn't have a dad. Some of you are like, I don't like my father. Guess what? We're all in the same boat in this way. We have a heavenly father. Amen? We have a father in heaven, the creator of the universe, that says, my son, my daughter, come sit on my lap. Let me pick you up. Let me protect you. Let me wrap my arms around you. And let me start to tell you the things that I want to speak over your life. Not things of death. Not things of sorrow and pain. Not things of shame and guilt. None of that stuff. That's Satan speaking those words to you. You are my child. I am well pleased with you. You are the head and not the tail. You are the child of the Most High. You are mine. He's speaking that to you today. No longer are we going to live like we used to live. We have been raised from death to life. 
We have been taken from where we should to where he wants us. He is taking you and he's wrapping your arms around you and he's saying, go my child, I love you. I don't know what I have to say to say amen for that because that is the greatest news of all time that my father in heaven loves me. I'm pre-approved. I'm pre-approved. I don't got to fight for it. I don't got to try to climb up the ladder to get him. He says, just come. Just come to me, all who are weary and broken and hurting, and I will give you rest. Anybody need rest in Jesus? Anybody need his spirit in us today? Me, praise the Lord. He's calling you. He's calling you to say, leave the old life. Leave the old house. Leave the old foundation. Pick up a new one. Pick up a new start. A new beginning. A fresh beginning. He's not the God of second chances. Can I just say that? He's the God of new. Catch that? Second chances are cool, but the brand new, that's when it's nice. How many love a used car more than a new car? Nobody. If you do, you're lying. He wants brand new. He's speaking to you. A brand new life. A brand new beginning.